Hey there, it's Danny Eney. I'm the executive producer at Miracy FM, which is the network that publishes the show you're about to listen to. In my day job, I show coaches and consultants in my Hybrid Course University program how to teach their gift through hybrid online courses. We only enroll one cohort of students into the program each year and work with them to build an online course around their expertise to create more leverage in their businesses. That enrollment is happening this month, and the doors will only be open for a few days, from May 22nd through 25th. So if you want to learn more about the program, and maybe get on the notification list so you can join when the doors open, head over to miracy.fm slash hcu. And now, on to our show. Miracy. Hi, and welcome to For Better or For Work. This is the show that explains what it's like to run a business together as a couple. My name is Richard Chandler, and I'm a licensed marriage therapist in the state of Minnesota. I also do business partners counseling nationally. And I'm Julie Kiker, and I love helping entrepreneurial couples reignite and keep the flame of love alive. Though Richard and I are not in business together, we do share an interest in couples who work together. Seeing as both Julie and I are couples counselors, we work with couples who are building businesses together. So today, we're here to listen and react to Danny Inney and Bumi Patak's conversation about when things go wrong. I'm guessing we'll have a lot to say about this. Yes, so let's roll the tape then. So the topic of our conversation is what do we do when things go wrong? Yeah, this should uh, yeah, be this, this will either be very interesting or a train wreck. So <laughs> this will be a case study in what to do when things go wrong. I was going to say that. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of three layers to this, which is what makes it interesting and particularly challenging in the context in which we're talking about, which is working with your significant other. So the first layer is the tactical strategic, you know, you've got to take stock and what went wrong and what are the implications? What do you need to do for damage control and cash flow? And what opportunities does this create? What opportunities does it take away? There's all of that. And that's just like the business stuff. But then there's the second level, which is the emotional experience of the entrepreneur, right? You know, I invest myself in my business and I take it very personally. And what do setbacks say about me and my imposter syndrome and all of that? which makes all this a lot harder. <laughs> but then we've got this third level, which is it's not just me, it's also my significant other. And our shared livelihood is mixed into that and our fears and insecurities. And it adds a lot of complexity when you're navigating it in partnership with your significant other for all the pros and all the cons that come with that. Does that sound about right to you, sweetie? Yeah. So, I mean, what makes it hard is that you are experiencing it as in your relationship, but then you're also trying to come to terms with it emotionally in terms of what the setback means to you and what it brings up in you as an entrepreneur, which may or may not be the same as what your partner is experiencing. Let's make this real. So, you know, this kind of parallel and different processing of a setback, you know, what does that look like with us when something goes badly or surprisingly or surprisingly and badly? <laughs> How do you process it and how do I and, and how do those two steps and timelines line up with each other? Yes. I mean, what's coming up for me is I think it was May 2019, probably, right? Or was it May 2018? You're talking about ATD? You know, 
ATD, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was 2019, May of 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, we you know, a few years ago, we had made this big bet on pursuing a direction in our business that eventually didn't work out. We'd put a lot of resources in it. We'd employed a lot of people to help us with that strategy. Um, and when that didn't work out in terms of ROI, we were left in a pretty uh, interesting situation, shall we say, where we'd have to either get... Uh, serious infusion of cash in our business in the very short term or dramatically restructure the team and what we're focusing on. And so... To be blunt, we were spending a lot more money than we were earning. And we had made a very big bet on a new initiative to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars, which was, you know, a lot more to us at the time than it is now. And it didn't pan out. And so it was kind of like the the worst possible outcome. We'd spent all this money. We we're continuing to spend all this money. We were way in the red. Not to sugarcoat it with finance, the situation was bad. And it's not just that the numbers were bad, but you know, fundamentally the things that we thought would get us good results were not getting us good results. So the outcomes were bad, but we also didn't know what we needed to do to change it. Yeah. So that is the one that's coming up for me in terms of like the biggest setback that we probably had in our business. And um, yeah, so well, my initial... No, no, no. Hang on. No? So okay, this I think on. is important. Okay. <laughs> that was the biggest recent setback. I think... When did we have that launch disaster where the setting was not set up properly and all the people didn't get our emails and that cost us a ton of money and you know that cost us three quarters of a million dollars at a time when we were smaller. But I think it's a good thing to point out that even the really bad things, they kind of like fade into, <laughs> into memory over time. That is true. Yes, that is so true. I feel like I'm a little more detached now, but at the time, it really did feel very personal to me. Like one of the things that I learned from that experience was that, yeah, businesses can go under, just like you can lose your job if you're employed. If you run a business, there is a possibility that it will go under. And that was not something that I was ready to accept under any circumstances. <laughs> and so being in a situation where our business survival was threatened was really hard on me. So my first reaction was like, oh, shoot, what are we going to do? How is this going to work out if we don't really have many obvious paths forward? And then it was about like, okay, how did we get into that situation? So that's sort of my, I'm analytical by nature. So that's where my head goes. It's like, you know, how do we get in this situation? And, you know, what can we learn from it? Because if we don't figure out what we did wrong, then we're going to repeat the mistake over again, is sort of where my head was at. And at the time, sweetie, and even now, actually, you're sort of our, in charge of strategy and marketing. So, so um, who screwed up was me? Who screwed up? Yeah, who screwed up was you. And... It's not like you'd made the decisions you'd made in isolation. I'd been there for all of those decisions. <laughs> so it wasn't so much that Danny screwed up and, you know, now I don't, you know, love him or anything like that. I guess I wanted to learn the right lessons and I wanted to focus on where we went wrong. But that's not how you processed it. And that's not where your head was at. And you didn't think that line of conversation was productive. My perspective is that decisions are always probabilistic. Right. Meaning there is no 100% will always work out well decision. Right. There is the, this is the good choice. It's 90% chance it'll work out. Right. But the 90% right choice will blow up in your face one out of 10 times. And so the fact that the outcome was bad doesn't automatically mean that the decision was wrong. And I think it's really important in doing the analysis to kind of look at what were our assumptions? What were we expecting to happen? Where were our assumptions wrong versus, you know, sometimes you just get unlucky. Sometimes things just don't work out, but you don't want your strategy to be dictated essentially by coin flips. So always doing that analysis. 
I don't know how much you buy into that now, but certainly at the time, that's something you were not on board with. You were like, if the outcome was bad, the decisions were bad, and we need to change our approach. Yeah. And I mean, I also had ideas on what were some of the decisions that we shouldn't have made or shouldn't have made the way we made them. Well, and and that brings us to, you know, we talked in a previous episode about what happens when we disagree, but what we didn't kind of talk about then was that when you disagree and then a decision eventually gets made, if it doesn't work out well, there's a wonderful opportunity for I told you so and and resentment for outcomes as a result. Yeah, for sure. And and that was the situation in this case, right, where there were some key decisions that I was fighting against when we were talking about it, talking about them. And we ended up going sort of your way and it didn't work out. And so, yeah, I definitely felt resentment. I felt that we could have done differently. We could have done better. And you felt very criticized uh, by me. And I, I, I think that uh, I think we learned a lot from that experience. And I think there are some things that are definitely like do differently, right? Like that was fundamentally just not a market that we wanted to go after. But at the same time, you know, we had disagreements about going after that market. Frankly, those disagreements were small. We had bigger disagreements about the strategy for how to actually do it. You know, in terms of going to the trade show, in terms of the scale of our presence there, we made a very big investment. Your position was that we should have dipped our toe in the water. And I still feel like we handled that the right way. I think we have clarity that that is definitely not the right place for us to go because we didn't just dip our toe in the water. And I still think our strategy was brilliant. I think, you know, the fact that we had any results as opposed to no results is just a function of how good the strategy was. Although fundamentally, we're going after the wrong market in the wrong place. So it was never going to work. But I think probably we're still not aligned about that belief. And that's fine. You know, we can no, agree we to still, disagree. No, we still disagree. We still disagree about it. <laughs> but that's okay. That's not the point, right? And when I was feeling resentful and I was feeling like we could have done better and you were totally not interested in doing a lessons learned or a postmortem and, you know, trying to figure things out, like that just felt like we were, you know, who are you? I don't even know you anymore. And of course, my perspective was colored because I was feeling a lot of emotions about the business being threatened and, you know, what it could mean. And what helped us, or at least what helped me, was taking some time to kind of just work through my feelings and getting some help with those. So mm-hmm. um, I worked with a therapist for a couple of months and uh, to work through the resentment and the, the blame. And because clearly, you know, you and I were not able to going to figure those issues out by ourselves, especially when, you know, one person is feeling resentful towards the other. And well, I think we were the both feeling, feeling resentful in, in different ways. I mean, from my perspective, you wanted to keep rehashing things and relitigating discussions and conclusions and assigning blame while I was trying to figure out, okay, what the hell do we do from here? How do we dig ourselves out of this? And I want to emphasize for everyone, we're not sharing this here to like relitigate arguments from 2019. But the point is that we both had very different experiences of that setback and we processed it at different paces and in different ways. And in some ways, the fact that we were working together meant that, you know, there was a context and we could be more on the same page. But in other ways, frankly, I think it was a lot harder because we were working together and doing it in this way than it might have otherwise been. And, you know, regardless of, you know, you can argue better, you can argue worse, and it's it's a mix of those things. But it was definitely more complicated. <laughs> it was more complex yeah, for sure. than it otherwise would have been. And there just there is that dimension to it. Yeah, like creating space that's outside of the relationship to be able to do that is also super helpful, right? So because we were going through things, same thing, but different pace or different ways of processing, having 
space outside of the two of us where we could kind of feel supported and work through things and think through things and feel through things is something that would be really valuable. Like if we had to go through something like this again, I'd create that space with friends and family and maybe some even professional help. Because usually we turn to each other when one of us is having a hard time. But in a case like this, it's not helpful. If it were to happen again, the best thing I think I could do is process my, not hide them, but like process my feelings outside of the relationship so I can come to the relationship in a stronger, more supporting role. And perhaps, you know, create space for you to have, you know, your feelings and all that stuff. And I think what it comes down to is that relationships involve give and take, right? We all know that. And that's also emotional give and take, right? Sometimes your partner is struggling with something and you have to be there to create a space and support. And sometimes you are. And what can happen in a time of, you know, you're going through this challenge, setback, crisis in the business it can be very hard because you, f- you both feel like you need to take, I need support, I need help right now, but you, know, you both feel depleted in order to give. And so sometimes you have to go elsewhere to get that support so you can also be there for each other. Now, with all that being said, that was a very tough time for us. And we've learned and grown and we handle setbacks better. Yeah, what I mean, at the... least I think so. Sweetie, correct me if, if I'm Oh, yeah, wrong. no, I totally, I, I totally agree. There's one more thing that I want to share. Um, during this difficult period, you know, there was one day when I had gone to a coffee shop to work. I was bawling in the coffee shop. I was looking at our financials <laughs> and I was completely overcome with emotion. And I was like, can you come get me, essentially? And you did. And as we're walking home, um, I don't know if you remember this, but I feel better. I'm doing okay. And then we start talking about like, well, what are we going to do? What's the path forward? How is this going to work? And you know, as we were talking through it, you said something that really stayed with me. So you said that whatever happens in our business, it's going to be resolved one way or the other. So either we make it through or we don't and we do something else with our lives. But the way we react or respond in the situation, especially with each other, is going to stay with us for a long time. And so the choices we make in terms of Regardless of what happens in the business, I still, you know, care and respect and admire this person and I want to live with them and be continued to marry to them. And then prioritizing that and then acting accordingly, it really put a different frame into things because when things were going uh, really badly, like that's all I could focus on. That's all I could think about. And I kind of forgotten that, yes, you know, we have a relationship and that we value. And regardless of what happens in the business, I still want to be married to you. And so that reminder was really helpful. Part of it is that I think the disagreements are often annoying, like you'd rather have someone who just agrees with you and, and goes along with what you want, but they're also constructive, right? There's usually merit to, even if I don't agree with your position, there is merit to that position and it informs my thinking and vice versa. And I think over time, that perspective plus experience in general has made us just better, more mature thinkers. I think we've gotten better at staying in our lanes, right? We've gotten better at trusting each other and trusting each other to approach things from a place of like, what are the core drivers that are moving us forward? What are the values that we want to stay aligned with? What are the strategic perspectives that we will bring? And that trust is informed by, I think, a greater respect for what we are both capable of. Trust is partially a function of what you hope the person will live up to, but partially a function of what you've seen them do, right? So that track record is important. And, you know, hard as it was, I think it 
has set us up to approach setbacks um, much more effectively. So to anyone who's listening to this and then you're in the middle of something awful, I mean, it can be awful and we've been there and we sympathize, but you can also come out of it stronger, especially if you're both aligned around an intention to do so. Yeah, that's a great frame. I totally agree with that. And I think the track record that you're talking about, sweetie, it's also informed by going through some of these ups and downs and challenging times together because it's an opportunity to see the other person come up with ideas and solutions and make it through. So I think it just gives more confidence, both for ourselves, but also for each other. Um, a few other things that, you know, come up for me are are just, I don't know, separating a little bit more the business as not taking it super personally and not get caught up in like an emotional roller coaster, right? Also prioritizing relationship and, uh, you know, whatever is happening, seeing it as an opportunity that will help strengthen the relationship is also a really great perspective. So as entrepreneurs, we've talked about this a little bit before, you know, our kids are pretty aware of what's going on with us and our business. So, you know, what are the values that we want to showcase when we're going through things, both as a couple, but also as people and leaning into those values and, you know, letting go of the rest because you can't really control the outcome, but you can control how you show up in a situation. So remembering that and helping create space and showing up in a more supportive way or you know, providing space for the other person to uh, to show up and, and be stressed or overwhelmed and create space so that they could share things. There's a, you know, virtuous and vicious cycle of we don't make bold, creative or innovative decisions. We don't see opportunities from a place of anxiety or scarcity or fear. And yet when things are going badly, when we most need to be resourceful and creative and all those things, we're least predisposed to it. And there can be a really self-reinforcing vicious spiral of, you know, things are terrible. I feel scared. I feel anxious, but I can't bring this to my significant other who I work with because, you know, I'm afraid of the reaction. It's just going to add more stress. There isn't that safety to explore there. Um, And then things get worse. But conversely, you know, it takes effort because you have to, you know, override your, your fears and anxieties and so forth. But if you can you know, both make an effort to continue to create that space for safety and exploration where we can talk about things without it automatically going to, I told you so, or this supports the point that I've been making, so you're not going to feel comfortable even bringing it up and all that kind of stuff. It can really be a strong platform from which you can build a path out of whatever the challenging situation is. Yeah, I want to add one final thing, and that is, I know this is an episode about setbacks, but there are going to be great things that are going to be happening in the business too, right? And so taking time to recognize and celebrate these achievements is going to just add to the resilience that you have as a couple and and for your business as well. I don't know about you, but I've become certainly more mindful of when things are going well because of the setbacks that we've been through. And then celebrating it together, marking the occasion, whether it's just, you know, going out for a nice dinner or a bigger celebration, it doesn't really matter. It's just about noticing when things are going well and taking some time to take it all in because otherwise it's become a slog. And ultimately, this is not a dress rehearsal, right? This is, <laughs> this is our actual lives. It's our actual business. And sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be easy, um, whether it's going well or not. You might as well appreciate the journey. And, and you know, a huge factor there is the dynamic that you have, especially when times are tough with the person you're sharing the journey with. It's very special to be able to share that journey with the person closest to you. But it also comes with its own challenges that you have to be mindful of, especially if you weren't expecting them, or if this was the first time that something like this happens, or this is just a new thing for you to navigate. Shifting gears to what was a very happy occasion, right? When we planned our wedding together, 
there were a couple of areas where we had some really big sources of friction. And it wasn't because we weren't aligned in our values or we weren't right for each other or anything else like that. It was just because this was our first big project that we were managing together. And we didn't have perfectly exactly the same visions. And that led to friction as we learned to navigate that. We've been able to do a lot of cool things together in part because of what we learned about how to work together. And so if you treat this experience of navigating a setback as in part being an opportunity for the two of you to learn how to navigate setbacks together, you'll just get a lot more out of it and you'll come out a lot stronger. That's a good way to end. I just want to start with, wow, that was a lot. Like so many little gems that they shared in there. And I want to highlight one most important one. Do you have any immediate reactions, Richard? No, go ahead with your highlight. First of all, I just want to say I'm a person that gets touched by people and couples who go through really hard things, you know, in the beginning of this talk where they had a little hard thing, but then they come back together and Danny's calling Boomy sweetie and all those little touches are so beautiful. My favorite part was when Boomy shared about her coffee shop experience and she's crying about the finances and where we're at. And oh my God. But she's crying and calls Danny and asks, can you come get me? And he did. And then as they're walking, he's saying, hey, whatever happens in our business, whether we make it through the business or not, I still care and respect you. And so in that moment, what he did was say, what's important here is you and me. That's what's important here. And in that, they then created the connection of like, okay, I'm not in this alone. You're not in this alone. We are in this together. And I think that's like the most important piece. And that gets lost in the fear, you know, when bad things happen. And, you know, as Danny was saying, the fear just takes over. What I work with my couples in, in my programs and in my counseling is to prioritize your relationship. Your, your marriage partnership or your romantic partnership, that that always comes first and that you take care of that so that together you can face the hard things with the business. So that was brilliant. And of course it came later, but practicing with the little things along the way can really help prep couples for these big when things go wrong. Well, let me just talk a little bit about just overall impressions of that very engaged conversation between the couple. And that is, they really seem to have a very good relationship to be able to talk about those hard things and and talk about them in ways that aren't disparaging of the other person one bit. So kudos for them as a couple for, for being able to do that. I guess the second overall impression is that a lot of what that conversation was about was becoming more insightful on how they can, in some ways, separate out their roles, business partner role, marriage partner role, co-parenting role, and how they can make them actually a little more separate than they have. So it's not all kind of mashed together in some kind of a mess, which may not feel like a mess until things have gone wrong. And that's what I heard a lot of through that conversation is how they've, they've managed to in some ways, really delineate those roles a little bit better than they perhaps had in the past. 
Yeah, and I think the thing that, as you're speaking to that, Richard, is that recognizing that going through all the hardships along their relationship and then being able to repair and come back together actually strengthens and builds bonds. I love that Danny went back to our, our wedding was our first big project together, right? And they had frictions then. So of course, like I, I don't know very many couples that don't have frictions putting their wedding together. And conflict is not the enemy, right? Conflict isn't the enemy. It's how we handle them and what we do with them. Yes. And, and they did repair. It sounded like whatever happened in 2019, business-wise, it took a while to really make that repair and it needed time and space. And they, they did talk about taking the time and space and being supported during that period of time with Bumi going to an individual therapist to work with the individual therapist on her feelings of resentment. And I thought that was a real strength. It's a real strength of, of her individually and a real strength of the relationship that she can do that and that's seen as okay. Yeah, I think it's totally seen as okay. You know, I think one of them said something about like, we both need to take. And I think what Danny was speaking to is we both are longing to be seen and heard and acknowledged by the other. And they're both so much in fear that they're both needing that from the other, so they can't provide that. But in couples therapy, we actually can support them in hearing and seeing and being there for each other. And it's just interesting about the dynamics with couples that are in business together, because with having very different perspectives and different things that are important, from what I heard, what's important for Danny has been business growth and innovative, creative ways of moving forward. And what I heard what has been more important for Bumi has been to make sure that the business is solid financially and not jeopardized financially. And so we have different perspectives, which, as they said, really is a strength. However, in the moment of things not going well, it's really challenging for them not to get into a place of one person blaming the other when they were reticent or even quite reluctant to go forward with the, whatever the business project was, and yet they went along with the person. And, and what Bumi said is, you know, I was there for all those decisions too. It's not like I, he did it without me. I said yes. So here's another example where perhaps their relationship as business partners, if it was a little more separate from their relationship as marriage partners, she might not have gone along with them so readily. Right? Yeah, that's the sticky wicket, so to speak, right, of being business partners who are married because somebody may have a more accommodating sort of style. And we don't know that because they didn't really speak to that. But if in their personal life together, she's more accommodating, she may have agreed with him in the business before she was really ready to, right? And that perhaps they didn't stay negotiating as business partners enough till they got to sort of a win-win decision. Yeah, and I think that's some of the danger because, I mean, here's the person that they've had kids together, they're raising these kids together, they have a companionship relationship, they have a romance and sex relationship, and then now they also have a business relationship. And some of the danger of all of that mix is that one might be concerned that if I say no to my business partner, that in some ways I'm saying no to the other relationships also. Totally. And I think that's really the challenge with couples that are in business together is to actually keep those roles a little more separated 
so they can get real clear. I'm saying, I don't like this idea. I don't want to go forward with this business idea. And I still love you and want to have romance and sex with you and raise our kids together and live our lives together. But when it comes to this business decision, I don't like it. And I don't think we ought to move forward. And it's really hard to do with all these other relationships in some ways having influence. Totally. I mean, this is like the hardest kind of relationship to have. And I love it. Makes me think, Richard, of a, of a tip or tool that people can use that I call front loading. Okay. And that's like, if we're going to have a business conversation, then, hey, honey, I'm coming to you as your business partner right now. So let's talk business. And I want to just put our husband, wife roles aside. So as your, I'm going to be the wife, as your wife right now, I want to say, hello, honey, and I'm kissing you. And let's, okay, let's shift hats. And now we're going to be in the business conversation. Right, right. Have the business conversation. And then after the business conversation, say, okay, can we shift back? to husband, wife, or not everybody's heterosexuals or wife, wife, husband, husband, however we are, shift back into our romantic partnership. And can we have a hug? Can we have a kiss and plan something fun or, you know, do something that's the couple related. So, and that goes for when they're at home too, because how many entrepreneurial couples do you know that like they, they just are talking about it, you know, like I'm having my tea and my husband comes in Sunday morning says, Oh, I have a great idea for the business or we got to solve this problem. And she's like, no, 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 no. I just want to have tea with my husband right now. Right, right. Right? So either direction, I think it's important to front load. So the husband could come in and say, honey, I see you're having tea right now. And this is normally our marriage time. But I'm really excited about something. Can I share that with you? And then she has the option to say, yeah. Or can we we wait till after tea? (laughs) You know? So just really front load those things. Yes. Or even a step further than that, that he looks at her and says, and just, and does a little bit of reading. (laughs) She reads her a little bit more accurately and says, this isn't a good time. I'm not going to bring it up until later. Any closing thoughts that you have, Julie, about their relationship, how they work together, how they process this whole episode in 2019? I just really appreciate that they acknowledged that there still are some little reverberations right? And that I love that Boomi was able to own, yes, I blamed you. And that was painful and not productive, right? And owning that and being able to repair that and having strategies to not go to blame. Like, I think that was a really important piece of part of the repairing together, right? Yeah. So I just want to, owning our part doesn't mean that it any of the disruption was my fault. It's just my part in this negative cycle that happened. And so I love that she did that. How about you? Any closing thoughts for you? Yeah. What they both have a real good unique ability to do is to tune into their own process and notice how it's different than each other's process. And I think that's a strength. My sense is that could be not so much further developed, but f- but made more obvious to both of them right within the conversation itself. Yeah. So if, if Danny could say, for instance, Bumi, you know, my default is to think of this, this whole thing that happened in a very cerebral way. 
and process it and analyze it in those kinds of ways in terms of you talked about probabilities and maybe the probability, the one out of 10 times was fine, but maybe a strategy was correct. You just had some bad luck. So he has a very cerebral way of processing those kinds of things, which is a strength. But to acknowledge, you know, this is kind of my default way, but I want to be able to be more flexible and see more your way of, hey, wait a minute, if we lose the cash, I'm really, I'm really scared. Yes, that's huge. And I'm glad you said that, Richard, because I actually want to add this piece, which is, you know, when I said we need to prioritize the couple which actually romantic couples bonding comes from the emotional space, not yeah. headspace. Yeah. And so what you're saying is, yes, yes, all those things are going to get you through the hard times, but we need to actually get connected yeah. as marriage partners first. And so let me hear about your fears. Yeah. Let me hear about your fears and I'm going to share my fears. And so going there, which is where they went after the coffee shop, right? Right. Going there to the fear place together and then step into the business and start doing the strategies that that Danny's so good at. Yeah, 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 for good. So overall, a really, really healthy couple and just a joy to listen to in terms of how they did things. And they they really came out the other side really, really well with what they went through. Yeah, I love them. (laughs) On to the credits. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to For Better or For Work. I'm Richard Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Minnesota and do executive coaching and business partners counseling throughout the country. And I'm Julie Geiger, licensed marriage and family therapist in California and mentor coach to entrepreneurial couples. You can find out about me in many places. Just check the show links at the bottom for my websites for the kinds of work I do. And you can find out more about me at juliekeiker.com. And that's J-U-L-I-E-K-Y-K-E-R.com. For Better or for Work is part of the Miracy FM podcast network. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson and Mishi Lance put it together. Danny Eney is the executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. If you like the show, please follow us and leave a starred review. It really helps us spread the word. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Danny Eney, executive producer of Mira CFM and lead instructor of the Hybrid Course University. If online courses might be a part of your business plan for this year, you'll be interested to know that from May 22nd through 25th, we're enrolling into the new AI edition of the Hybrid Course University. And we're offering the entire program on a pay-what-you-can basis, so you set the price that feels right to you. If you want to check out the details and maybe get on the notification list so you can join when the doors open, head over to miraseat.fm slash hcu.